everyone thank you for joining this special edition swiss pats episode episode three of the COVID 19 special that i'm doing where i'm speaking to people all over the world to find out what it looks like in the country they're in what the government is doing there the shopping situation and if they're having to self-isolate and if they are if it's having an impact on their life i think the biggest thing that i noticed when speaking to the people uh, that i did was that The current situation, the world over, is having a huge impact on the local communities where people are getting together and helping out those in need. So a lot of volunteer programs have been popping up on social media. I've personally noticed that there has been some blood drives, you know, where I live in Basel, there is a a need for for blood um, of particular types. And so people are rallying together to to promote that so that people who have those types can go and donate. One of the greatest things about when there are problems in the world like this that affect so many people, that people really do come together and create a community that is helpful and um, beneficial to those people who are in need. So today I'm going to bring you the episode with a few different people. We've got Barbara in the Netherlands, Ben in Sweden, Nish who's in Finland, Gemma in the UK and Maureen is in Thailand. I'm also going to bring you that uh, episode with Dr. Michelle Wright as well. So hopefully you can listen for more information, especially if you are based in Switzerland as Dr. Michelle Wright is a Swiss-based English-speaking doctor. So Hopefully you have um, listened to these and and gotten something from it. Hopefully you can feel the way I do where there does seem to be a lot of calm and a lot of coping mechanisms being put in place for people. Just a quick shout out to those people who did give me their time to come on air for me. So everybody that provided their their voice and their situation, thank you so much. Also, thank you to Dr. Michelle Wright. And lastly, a big shout out to a Schwabscher lad in Switzerland, the Facebook page that you can follow for English speaking news about Switzerland. So let's get to today's episode. Thank you so much, everyone. Before we get to those interviews, let me just bring you something from Dr. Michelle Wright. She's a British trained GP and she's one of the medical directors of Health First. So they uh, deliver first aid training and health education in English throughout Switzerland. So this is just a short soundbite regarding the coronavirus and it's coming directly from a doctor. So it's just uh, some information for you to listen to before that. So I hope you you can enjoy and get something useful from that. As everyone will be aware, the situation regarding COVID-19 is getting very serious in Switzerland. Health services are already overloaded. There are two messages that I would like to get out in this Health Matters special edition. The first is to stay at home, and the second is to use the CoronaCheck online tool created by the University Centre for General Medicine and Public Health in Lausanne before you contact health services. So, stay at home. I'm sure that everyone has heard about the need to flatten the curve. The goal now in Switzerland is to slow the spread of the pandemic to protect those most at risk of complications and so most likely to need hospitalisation. This will help to reduce the burden on health services and particularly on intensive care beds which are limited. 
Don't forget, all of the normal reasons why intensive care beds are occupied will still be happening. Heart attacks, cancer surgery, accidents. We all need to take this seriously, especially young people, who on a personal level will probably just develop mild symptoms with COVID-19 and so may not be so worried about becoming infected. But they can act as super spreaders within communities if they continue to socialise. This is no longer just about our personal situation. It's about public health. And so on to Corona Check. To help ease the burden on health services, the University Centre for General Medicine and Public Health in Lausanne in the canton of Vaux has developed an online tool for people to use if they're worried about having coronavirus symptoms. In Vaux, you must have used this tool before you contact health services. There's a section for the general public and a section for healthcare professionals, and the tool is available in French, German, Italian and English. It allows you to rapidly assess your risk of having coronavirus and also guides you through how to react accordingly. If your symptoms don't dictate that you need to visit health services right now, it will tell you. And it will also explain how to monitor your symptoms and when to seek further medical help. The tool can be found at coronavirus.unisante.ch and I'll make sure the link to that tool is on the Health Matters page of the WRS website. That's it for this special Health Matters edition. Catch the podcast at worldradio.ch forward slash health matters. My name is Dr. Michelle Wright. Thank you for listening. My name is Maureen. I live in Thailand. I am from the United States of America. And what I do is I am an organizational psychologist. Thank you, Maureen. So what's the current situation in Thailand at the moment in both regards to uh, people ill and also the living situations? Have there been any restrictions being put in place? There have been living restrictions put in place in terms of living situations. People that have come back from a country that is on a list issued by the government has to do a 14-day self-monitored quarantine and report their temperature every day. And this has affected children going to school as well, because anybody in a household that has somebody who has recently traveled to one of the countries on the list cannot go to school and cannot go to work and also have to self-quarantine. So they're doing one degree of separation right now. And have workplaces been closed down or is it uh, in general business as usual, as long as uh, you haven't come into contact with um, either a country or a person who, who's had the virus? For the most part, it is business as usual. However, one's workplaces have been notified that someone in this workplace has tested positive or has had contact with someone that has tested positive. They are shutting down that workplace, and the same goes for the schools. So the schools are shutting down slowly, one at a time, and larger companies are also um, shutting down slowly, one at a time, or putting anybody that has traveled recently into a 14-day self-quarantine. So have you been impacted personally as of yet, or are you expecting that you might be in the, the near future? Until a few days ago, I did not feel impacted personally at all. But then we had a family member return from a trip, and the place they had traveled to for work was put on the government list two days later. 
And so now we are feeling the impact because I we have had to self-quarantine now and report. Right. So you are currently in a self-quarantine and having to report your temperature every day. That's correct. Things are changing very quickly because the country will be on the list and then suddenly a whole new group of people has to self-quarantine. And is the government providing testing for those people who, who report that they've either come into contact with somebody or travelled to a country that goes on the list? Knowledge testing is not free and not every hospital offers it. So two of the larger hospitals, Samitiwe and Bumengrad, do not offer COVID-19 testing yet. And some of the smaller government hospitals do have it, but my understanding is that it's very difficult to get the test. And if you do get tested, you have to pay for it out of pocket. Foreigners are charged significantly more than Thai nationals. Right. So there is a, there is a, a chance that people like yourself, expats, are going to have bigger bills than Thai nationals. Correct. If we do have to get tested, we will have significantly larger bills. And as of the moment, to my knowledge, the government is not paying for any of it. And have you spoken to family back in the USA? And how has how is your family and friends reacting to, to the news over there? I have. And the United States is doing school closures. So if you live in a city that has a school closure, people are not able to send their children to school. And many employees have been either put on remote work or taken break from their work, depending on their job, cannot go into work. So I've spoken to individuals in a few cities. I've spoken to individuals in Chicago. I've spoken to individuals in Houston. And some of them are not able to go into work. And some of them have had to continue going to work for the moment um, because of the nature of their jobs. And have you been into the town uh, before you were put into self-quarantine with the idea to, to go grocery shopping um, and, and get a chance to see what it was like there? Correct. Until two days ago, our movement was completely normal. You know, to, to school drop-off was completely normal, going to the market. Malls were still open. Shopping centers were, are, they still are open. The public transportation is still running as normal. The only thing that's changed is that I have to self-quarantine. So now I, I cannot engage in any of those activities so people are are they panic buying at the supermarkets or is it considered fairly fairly calm as far as i know and from what i've judged from online pictures some of the larger supermarkets like tesco have been running low on items but at the moment nobody's really panic buying like we heard about in the united states some Mm -hmm. stores running out of toilet paper that hasn't really happened here Awesome. And what's your plan over the next few weeks? Obviously, you've just started a quarantine. Um, Have you got a plan on how to keep yourself sane while you're at home? Yes. So I do most of my work remotely. So those actually that won't change that much for me. However, aside from work, not being able to go out, not being able to see friends and having to keep a child home indoors all day is going to be extremely difficult. We do have some work from her school that they sent our way, but that is not going to keep her fully occupied. And obviously there's a social factor of missing friends, missing exercise classes. And our plan right now is just for me to continue work as usual, but trying to keep a child occupied. And we're still able to do some takeout food, so food isn't so much of an issue. But again, that can change. Things are changing very quickly in the city right now. Yeah, so it's it's still a a bit up in the air. Correct. And it it has been that way for two months now because from the beginning, there was a concern about so many Chinese tourists coming to Thailand. So 
coronavirus has been on everybody's radar for several months, but now that schools are shutting down, things are getting quite a bit more serious. Yes. All right. Maureen, thank you so much. Thank you. My name is Barbara. I'm originally from Slovakia, but I've been living in the Netherlands for the past eight years and a half. I came here to study and uh, I'm a professional in digital uh, marketing, but recently I started my work on my own online business and switched full-time working. So now I work on this and also in hospitality part-time just to cover my expenses for the meantime. And as you, as you probably uh, understand, I'm deeply affected by this uh, hospitality uh, shutdown. Thanks, Barbara. So what's the current situation where you are now in regards both to uh, people being ill as well as the living situation? Are you in a, a quarantine? Uh, is there things closed down or or is it uh, just um, normal, normal everyday life at the moment? Well, so uh, the situation in the Netherlands is, uh, I would say, partial lockdown because uh, what is closed right now is exactly all the restaurants, cafes, bars, all the cultural events, all the theaters, cinemas, um, everything above the above 100, 100 people. But also, it's actually no, it's actually all of them right now. It's even sports, uh, fitness clubs, all the all the group gatherings uh, are, are are now down, uh, closed down. Yeah. And how has it impacted you? Um, have you had to change what you are doing on your day-to-day life? You did mention that you work in hospitality. So it sounds like some of your business is can be can be done from home, but then obviously the hospitality side will be deeply affected by it. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, the restaurant where I used to work uh, is now closed for three weeks. And I'm, uh, since I have a specific zero-hour contract, with me, which means that I'm paid per hour and called only as an extra support where, when, when it is needed, I believe that uh, considering the situation in the hospitality industry right now, I think that there will not be a place for, uh, for extra workers like me in the near future because, of course, the preference will be for the people who, are, who have a uh, a fixed contract and work there full time. That that means that for me personally, uh, the situation is is uh, quite difficult right now. However, uh, I'd like to add maybe that Dutch government is uh, is taking very very considerate measures and uh, they are really ready and going to support uh, all the industries that are under lockdown right now. And uh, also the country's public finances are doing very very well, so they are already stepping in and thinking about the measures and uh, I'm not sure what has already been decided but I know that steps are being taken so people are people are indeed worried here but I think there are countries that are much that have reasons for a much bigger concern. And have you had uh, any indications that the community is um, kind of banding together and creating uh, helpful ways to to help people that are in need? Yes, exactly. This is very specific to the Dutch nation, I would say. The, so, the, the level of solidarity here is, is immense. There are already lots of volunteering initiatives. One specific that maybe that I stumbled upon was uh, of a LinkedIn group where people started to call a uh, call for all the healthcare workers who are not because of the, uh, who has changed their profession and therefore are not uh, called immediately by the healthcare service. But they started to gather them via this group, and now they are thinking about the next steps, uh, how to really put them, uh, bring them to to help. And do you have a plan over the next few weeks? Are you staying indoors or are you hoping to to get back to normal? Well, 
for me, this is a, actually an excellent opportunity to really work faster on my side business uh, because that's online. So I'm definitely going to to stay working on this. And on the and on the other hand, I'm really planning to stay isolated as much as much as possible because this uh, as I'm as I'm in Slovakia, there are huge steps uh, and huge calls for people to really stay home, protect themselves. And uh, here, compared to the Netherlands, this is here not happening that much yet i mean like these the streets are much more emptier than they, than they used to be before but uh still people are not really keeping the, the big distance they are not really covering themselves uh this so so here it looks like from this perspective this is still the stage of, of denial or how social media call it so uh yeah so i'm definitely going to take stricter measures for myself because i i also follow the news in my home country and stay limit my contact with others as, as as much as possible definitely excellent barbara thank you so much and best of luck thank you very much i am nishan Chandran. i live in finland but i'm from the uk and i am the founder and ceo of iron lakes which is a cyber and technological consultancy thanks nish so what's the current situation there in finland I would have said that it's quite behind the rest of the Europe in the sense that they haven't really reacted as much to the virus and the situation. But uh, recent developments have actually um, kind of brought us in line with the rest of Europe in the sense of uh, social isolation and everything. So I think we're very much what we're seeing here now is I guess everyone else has been seeing on the news or in their places in Switzerland, in France, across Europe. So um, the government have essentially mandated that all kind of public gatherings over 10 people are to be cancelled you know not not to you know full-on social isolation social distancing not to go to any kind of public enclosed spaces they're closing a lot of uh, schools with the exception of the early early like childhood uh, kind of schools and opening special childcare for uh, people in essential or critical kind of jobs everyone else like in non-essential like public sector roles have been told to not work or at least work from home, not go to the office. So yeah, so it's, I think it's fine really with everyone else who's slightly behind the curve, I guess, because of the demographics of Finland, there's less people here, it's more isolated, but um, very much following the trend now, more people are becoming panicked, stockpiling, buying you know excessive things from the supermarket and kind of emptying the shelves and that kind of thing. And have you had to change the way that you are living at the moment? Has it impacted you personally at this point in time? Yeah, it has. I, I think in, in, I mean, in, in, in terms of my uh, business, of course, I mean, like I said, we do uh, technological consultancy. So a lot of the stuff is digital, but um, my role involves a lot of travel and also a lot of face-to-face meetings. So in that respect, I mean, the face-to-face meetings are, well, they've all, they've all been cancelled now. So I've been spending a lot of time readjusting and recalibrating and switching to you know, conferencing and kind of remote kind of calls and that kind of thing. But travel, travel has affected me a lot. Like I say, I usually have to travel to various parts of Europe or around the world for different meetings, different conferences and things. So that has all been cancelled. On a business point of view, it's not the end of the world. It's That's more of a frustration. So while, whilst it's annoying that I have to adjust my calendar, like I say, in the grand scheme of things, that's not really a big deal, as it were. There are far greater things to worry about. Um, of course, one of my concerns really is that, again, being from the UK, so the majority of my immediate family are in the UK. So seeing things developing there very much at the rate that they have been, 
becomes a worry really and then the fact that um, I haven't been well I'm not going to be able to travel there I was actually due to travel there this week and I've made the decision at the weekend not to travel which I'm glad about in a way now because it means I would have been stuck there but also um, it's a bit of a worry for relatives that are there and actually um, you know stuck at home or isolated. So I uh, I don't know about you in Finland, but I've been seeing a lot of uh, social media kind of groups and posts about helping neighbors, helping elderly people, helping um, those who have small businesses. Are you seeing a similar thing in Finland? Yeah, so um, social media has been a bit of a mix because, I, I mean, in, in, in terms of helping other people, yeah, definitely. I, I think Finland generally is well, quite a socially progressive country, so... I think a lot of people want to help each other for, for the majority of the time, especially the, the vulnerable and the elderly. So um, there are a lot of groups, or as you say, groups that have been set up, or at least people that are uh, aware of vulnerable people in their communities that might need to isolate and extra support that might need to be given to them. I think the government has been pretty good with that. I mean, generally speaking, in Finland, the social care system is, I would say, okay. So... I think that they've been good to identify the people that are at risk and ensuring that people that don't have relatives that they can go to. I think the advice has very much been, especially for elderly people, to actually go to go and see your relatives and stay with them and actually isolate with a relative so they're not alone by themselves and cut off. So that's been one thing. And then, yeah, like I say, the general kind of awareness and ensuring that a lot of places here, especially outside of the city, are quite community-oriented. So people do look out for each other. But on the other hand, with the, the kind of the double-edged sword with social media is then, of course, it propagates a lot of disinformation. So I think there's definitely been, been a huge spike here in terms of this misinformation or disinformation about what to do and what not to do. And these certain things about, I'm sure your listeners have heard about them, um, if you hold your breath for 10 seconds and you're able to do so, you you know, you don't have coronavirus. Or if you do certain nonsensical things, that, that somehow this is some kind of test for the virus or preventative measure for the virus. And people that are claiming, based on no scientific evidence, that they have some esoteric answers or reasoning for for this virus. So that has played a huge thing here in Finland as well. But I think one of the advantages with Finland is the fact that because the the general um, level of public trust for the government and for the public agencies, I guess, or all all the government constructs here is relatively high, people listen to government advice. So when, when the ministries or the prime minister or certain ministers or whoever say do X, Y and Z or do certain things, take certain measures, people do that. So um, that's been good. But yeah, uh, there definitely has been a sense of community and a sense of people wanting to try and help each other um, and that kind of thing. Um, but that, that normally happens in Finland. So I wouldn't necessarily say here that it's something that you don't normally see. Yeah. Thank you, Dish. My name's Gemma Green. I'm from Leicester in England and I'm a teacher. Thanks, Gemma. What's the current situation in England uh, or or even in Leicester at the moment regarding COVID-19? So at the moment, it's kind of normal practice regarding uh, schools and going to work. That all seems to be fairly normal. Changes at the moment seem to be more around doctor's surgeries and supermarkets. So my doctor has uh, sent a text message to say, you must not come near the doctors at all to book an appointment. You must book over the phone. Do not come near the doctors if you don't feel well. Um, we have to ring our number, which is 111, a non-emergency, but you'll be able to speak to a doctor on that number. And then regarding supermarkets, people have gone a little bit mad, to be honest. They have Most supermarkets have run out of things like toilet rolls, um, canned goods, cleaning products, 
um, things like that really, uh, sort of staple things, pasta, rice, and not just local supermarkets, but some of the big supermarkets that cover quite a wide area, more popular, larger ones. Even they have completely run out of some of those items as well. And has the government put any restrictions on um, meetings or events with large groups of people? Only at the moment, very large gatherings as regards to things like premiership football, where thousands of people would be there meeting. Other events at the moment haven't been cancelled. But I should imagine things like music concerts, things like that will be restricted. And I think eventually even smaller, just local football clubs like children's football clubs, there's kind of rumours that eventually um, they will be cancelled or and uh, matches postponed in the meantime. But it seems to be the larger gatherings at the moment. So it sounds like it's kind of business as usual in the UK. Have you had any impact personally with um, anything that you've had to change or or is it uh, a feeling of things are just normal? At the moment, it seems pretty things are just normal. I would say maybe roads are a little bit more quieter, especially over this weekend. Normally, you'd see sort of more cars about, so people, I think, are starting to stay in if they can. But most places are still open. There isn't sort of restrictions or times to be in by um, or places that you're not allowed to go to. Um, as a teacher, we're kind of preparing that possibly we will follow other countries and schools may be shut. So we have to be thinking about preparing for the children. And in that case, England schools, most schools would be saying prepare things online for children to access at home or prepare packs of lessons and activities or ideas for parents to do with their children if we are like other countries are going to be maybe in isolation for a month or even more. So that's what you're working on at the moment, just maybe preparing for the possibility that that things uh, might go the same way as as other European countries. Yes. I mean, at the moment, it seems to be, you know, our government aren't making any sort of rash decisions at the moment. It seems to be that we're maybe holding fire a bit for whatever reasons. We're not really being told an awful lot. And I think at the moment, there's lots of hearsay, lots of rumours flying around about what could be. Why aren't we doing the same as other countries? Is it being left too late? Is there, is, Are we waiting a little while because the peak of this virus is going to hit later on? There's slight rumours of in a week or so, um, over 70s should stay in isolation for up to four months, I've heard. But between a month and four months seems to be so. Obviously, things thinking about older generations, thinking about my parents, for example, trying to make sure that they don't go out too much and obviously supporting them if they need be. Some of my colleagues don't drive and therefore they're relying on friends, family to take them shopping, which limits how many times they can travel. And then they're going to the supermarket and the things they need aren't there, which is another problem. But we are actually, you know, through social media, we're actually supporting each other, I would feel at the moment. For example, there was something that my friend couldn't pick up in the supermarket she went to, but the supermarket I was at at the time did have a few, so I've picked them up for her. So there's a sense of community spirit, which is lovely, but there's also this sense of panic and buying things and buying in bulk. And also supermarkets are saying you're only allowed to buy one pack of toilet rolls, for example, or X amount of tissues. I mean, hand sanitizers they're not really easily available at the moment either. And I know for a, for a school point of view, we're asking the children to wash their hands more thoroughly and more regularly. But as a school, we only have so much soap and hand sanitizer, So it's a bit of a tricky situation. We're being asked to tell the children to wash their hands and sanitize up to eight times a day. 
or if more if necessary, but we will then run out of sanitizer. Right, and uh, and you mentioned something to me uh, before we started recording about the supermarkets uh, and their online system. Yes, um, I normally shop online, being a, a busy mum and working, and at the moment, if I go online like I'd normally do and try and get a, a booking slot, a home delivery slot, as far ahead as I can go, which is into April, you cannot book anything. Everything is absolutely chock-a-block. Um, so I don't know whether that's just people have booked away in advance and every slot is gone or, or maybe the supermarkets aren't giving that facility. I'm not quite sure which, which way it is. But at the moment, um, I can't even book a delivery slot going into April. And do you have any plans to uh, self-isolate or see people less uh, over the next few weeks? I think if the government advises us not to, I think it would be silly not to. I think the main thing being is that maybe, um, or hopefully for me and my children, that we're not not a high risk, we're fairly healthy, but it's that risk of spreading it to others. So I will follow guidelines. Excellent, Gemma. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you. My name's Ben Winder. I'm a nurse and I live in Sweden place called Linköping, which is a couple of hours south of Stockholm. I'm also a manager of mental health outpatients unit in town. I'm originally from Britain. Okay, and what's the current situation in Sweden with regards to the spread of COVID-19? Currently, there are about a little bit over 900 people who are infected officially. There's been a couple of couple of deaths. I think two old people have died, people who had you know other health problems before. And we don't really know exactly how many people have COVID-19 because uh, Sweden is one of the countries who aren't really testing. We've stopped testing for everybody apart from health staff and I think people who are, who are hospitalised. And has Sweden put any um, restrictions on schooling, uh, university, shopping, being in social circles? Yeah, we still haven't stopped people from going to school or work. So uh, schools are open as normal and there are no current plans to, to close them, which is quite interesting because both Denmark and Norway have both closed schools. They've also closed their borders, which Sweden hasn't done. But there is now a restriction on gatherings of over 500 people. So there's no, no sporting events. And then it's been quite noticeable at work that our staff have been supposed to be going to uh, different congresses and conventions. Have, they've all been cancelled. Okay, and tell uh, tell us about um, the impact it's having on your working environment and, and where you work and, and how it's affecting that. Right. Uh, so I work in a mental health outpatient unit, which we, we work uh, in the local health authority, but we people can choose if they can have their care privately or if they have it from the local region. And we have psychiatrists and psychologists and and things like that and quite often we have you know patients who who really need their care regularly so all of a sudden the last three or four days certainly thursday friday last week it's suddenly become clear that it's not going to be it's not going to be possible for us to to run our our usual business and to look after our patients in the same way so i mean first of all the patients are still welcome to come to us uh, no staff are off sick yet, although I'm pretty sure that that's going to change very soon. Any staff that are showing symptoms obviously have to work either work from home or be off sick. And we are encouraging people to wash their ha- them to wash their hands straight away. And then 
we have stopped shaking hands, which has been a really strange thing to do. But I mean, apart from that, we're trying to very quickly set up video links to be able to effectively look after our patients while either they're at home or while we're working at home. Uh, so if we already know the patient and that what we're doing is psychotherapy or, or just a general medicine follow-up, we can do that via a secure video link. I'm pretty sure that the next the next couple of months, that that's going to be the only way to look after patients and let them get their care without actually physically meeting them and putting either them or us in a situation where we're more liable to get the virus ourselves. And as a um, registered and experienced nurse, are you uh, concerned or is there any talk of being pulled away from your current job to provide services to the country as a whole? Not so far. It's something that I've thought about. <laughs> Am I working in the right place? Should I be doing something else myself? But I certainly haven't felt any under any pressure or, or I haven't heard anything that to suggest that I will be forced or expected to go and help somewhere else. But it's it's certainly a possibility. And um, what is your plan with your family over the next few weeks um, based on the information that you have um, as of today? I have two children at home and the schools are open, as I say. So both me and my wife will be going to work as normal tomorrow and the children go to school. The plan, I guess, is to make sure that we are looking after ourselves as much as possible, washing our hands regularly. That's uh, as much as anything else. That's the the most important thing, I think. Uh, I say that as a nurse, obviously. But apart from that, I think all we need to do really is make sure that if we're showing symptoms ourselves, if we're feeling like we're getting a cold or starting to sneeze or feeling a bit sniffly, then, then we'll stay at home. And I think, you know, it's quite nice that the information that has come out, it's, it's so clear that if, you, if you're a bit ill, then you don't know what you've got. You're not going to get tested straight away. So you just have to stay at home. Uh, my daughter today has friends playing with us yesterday too. You know, we're not feeling paranoid as if we have to start isolating ourselves from from other families or, or anything. I'm not worried about our children having to go to school. I'm quite aware that other other countries have their uh, have their schools closed but as far as as far as I can make out I think the most important thing is just just to make sure that we're not contributing to the spread more than anything else we're just taking it day by day and I think the next few days there is going to be such an escalation not sure how other people have been feeling the last few days or the last few weeks where they are obviously it's completely different in in a country like Italy but here it's just kind of starting. It's just kind of kicking off. 900 cases and um, everybody suddenly is talking about nothing else. So we'll see how it goes over the next few days. Excellent. Thanks, Ben. Yummy, <laughs> bon,